You used me. You couldn't kill him yourself. So you made me do it. I didn't make you do anything. You should know. He was very confused when you killed him. I seriously doubt that Jacob was ever confused. I'm not talking about Jacob. I'm talking about John Locke. Do you want to know what he was thinking while you choked the life out of him, Benjamin? What the last thought that ran through his head was? I don't understand. Isn't that just the saddest thing you ever heard? But it's fitting in a way. Because when John first came to the island, he was a very sad man. A victim, shouting at the world for being told what he couldn't do, even though they were right. He was weak and pathetic and irreparably broken. But despite all that, there was something admirable about him. He was the only one of them who didn't want to leave. The only one who realized how pitiful the life he left behind actually was. What do you want? Well, that's the great irony here, Ben, because I want the one thing that John Locke didn't. I want to go home. Welcome to another episode of the Revisited Podcast. I'm Ben. And I'm Kristen. This week, uh, we are covering Lost, Season 6, Episode 1 and 2, LAX 1 and 2. It's techni- I think it's technically LAX, meaning I think there's a space between the LA and the X. No. I think if you look at IMDb, it has a space in between the LA and the X. No. Oh, there is. Why? Yeah. I don't know. I don't. That I has don't, to. Is that a mistake? It, I I don't know. I mean, what's what does the wiki say? How does the the lost wiki clarify it? Um. Because I'm I'm looking that up now. I mean, I know we're already off track, <laughs> but um. I don't know. Yeah. I didn't even I didn't even notice that. 
I, I think there is a space between the LA and the X. No, there is. I just don't know why. So the lost Wikipedia page. I'm on it. I just yeah. can't. Yeah, they have the space as well. They do. Okay, so as we're looking at this, because I'm just scrolling down to look at trivia. Let's see if there's anything that says trivia. I will say that I did. I love this episode. And I'm going to talk when I know we're going to talk about it more. But um, one thing that I really love about this episode is that we got all of our original people. Yeah, a lot of familiar faces come back for this episode, and I love it. But it really centered also around our original core cast, with the exception of Miles. And Shannon. Well, yeah, but I mean, I'm Eh. just talking about on the island. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah, you're right. I mean, because we get Boone's return, we get Charlie's return, we have have a, a quick cameo from Claire as well. Uh, of course, uh, uh, Rose and Bernard are, are a significant part of the episode. I don't think Ugh, love Rose and Bernard in this episode. Uh, but yeah, we we get a number of them, and you're right, with the exception of Miles. Um, it's pretty much the core cast. It's the original, the original survivors. I mean, a couple missing, as I mentioned, Shannon is not there as well. Uh, right. But we do have Desmond as well. He may, he, you know, which I, I love seeing Desmond. And, um, but honestly, it's just for me, just having like, cause the cast has gotten so huge and so sprawling that you can really bring anybody in. But I really love the fact that to kick off the final season of this series, they decide we're going to hone in on our original characters and we're going to make sure that we're setting the tone that this is our focus. Our focus is these characters. And you really felt that when they were entering the temple and they, um, and they had that note inside the, inside the, what is it called? The onk. The onk. Thank you. I wanted to say scabbard and I knew it was wrong. (laughs) No, the scabbard is a sword. (laughs) No, I know. But that's the only word that came to my brain. (laughs) So I had a feeling uh, with it being L.A. space X, I I kind of had an inkling as to what that particularly meant. And I did find it. And it is. It's right along the lines of what I was thinking. Uh, It basically the X being separate from L.A. is to refer to an alternate timeline. Ah, uh, very similar to how they do in the comic books about how, like, especially in, in DC, allow me to nerd out for a minute. Um, you know, there's there's Earth Prime, which is where we know all these superheroes. And then there's Earth X, which is kind of like an alternate Earth to where, like, things are a little bit different than the main Earth that we know. So the X being separate from L.A. is basically an indication this is an alternate timeline. Which we're meant to, we're led to believe, but by the end of this season, we're going to realize is actually not the case. Right, because LA, so we're saying LA is the real timeline and X is the island timeline? No, no, no. Basically? The LA that we're seeing is the alternate timeline. Got it. Okay. The, yes. I thought I thought you were saying something like reverse. So, okay. kind of like how Earth X is the alternate Earth, we are seeing LA X as in the alternate Los Angeles. Man, we jumped Got right it. into this, didn't we? Just yeah. from the title of the episode, we we ended well, up jumping right into this. 
Well, well, you know, what's great about this, about starting off the season this way is that I love it that you did look this up just now and we did talk about it because what's cool is that just judging by the title and what the meaning of the title actually means is also a tone set is, is setting the tone for the whole season to be nothing is what it seems. Yes. And that is really the truth. Nothing is what it seems. I mean, there are so many weird mysteries that are kind of um, set up throughout, like peppered through throughout the whole episode. So it's nice to see um, that even with the, even with the episode title, we have one additional mystery. Yeah. I mean, if you, if there's something that you, if, I mean, if you want to equate it to something that more people might know, you know, but also kind of stick into the nerdy side of things with comics, you know, I mentioned DC as in like, this is the alternate earth. This is the alternate LA. If you want to stick to Marvel, this is what if this is the, what if the plane landed? And now we're going to see everything that would have played out in their lives had the plane actually landed in Los Angeles and not crashed on the island. Now, again, I want to preface this by saying, like we do every other episode, this is a spoiler-full podcast. This being a rewatch, we are going to talk about things that have already happened. We're going to try not to dive too far ahead, especially like this being the final season. I don't want to jump too many times, if at all, to the finale. Right. Um, we're going to focus on that when we get to that. One episode at a time. We're going to try, yeah. Yeah. I mean, th- for this particular season, I want to try not to jump any more than maybe one or two episodes ahead yeah. for spoilers. Right. Um, and not that- just for spoilers, just for discussion's sake. Exactly, because there's a lot about this season I don't remember. Oh, yeah, we're going to get into that, too. <laughs> Um, but again, that being said, as I mentioned before, we're led to believe this is an alternate Los Angeles had the plane landed, but by the end of this series, we will find out that is not the case. Mm -hmm. It is something completely different. Um, and I think some people who hated the finale just didn't understand that, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that when we, uh, when we get yeah. to the finale. Um, but yeah, um, this is the beginning of the end of our coverage of Lost. It's kind I of bittersweet. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we're going to continue podcasting. We're going to pick another series to, to go back to, and we're going to start this all over again with another show, which we haven't decided on yet. But as, as many episodes as we've done of this show, it's kind of bittersweet that this is... Mm-hmm. We're starting into the... Fi- we, we have 18 episodes which means we have 16 podcasts yeah so four months yeah we're, we're gonna be done um by the end of summer by the end of summer we're gonna be done covering the show and again it's kind of bittersweet but it is what it is we'll yeah. take another two-year break be in somewhere in between it's yeah fine. no problem we'll make it last yeah <laughs> We should have been done with this like two years ago. I know. It's It's all right. It's fine. We'd have been halfway through our next series. Yeah. Well, you know, I just wanted to stick with Lost as much as possible. Yeah. Yeah. That's all right. Next next series we choose, we'll we'll go like Supernatural, which ran for like 15 seasons. Oh, okay. Yeah, Yeah. perfect. And they're all like 22 episode seasons. So like that'll. Good, good, good. You know. Well, then after that, we should do Grey's Anatomy. I think they're up to 20 seasons. 
And and yeah, and by the time we get caught up with that, the show won't even be over. So we can just continue on with that <laughs> as it as right. it goes on. They'll right. be into like their it's nighttime you know, soap opera. And once we're done with that, we'll jump into The Simpsons and Perfect, perfect. Yeah. Um the Family Guy, which you know, we'll we'll still be going. There's always prices right and Wheel of Fortune. Yep. Perfect. Wouldn't that, and be, then wouldn't that be interesting? And then Jeopardy, yeah. Oh, that's what I meant when I said Price is Right. I meant yeah. Jeopardy. Jeopardy. Yeah. Jeopardy, please. Um, okay, so where do you want to start? Because I have many places that I would like to start, but I can't choose one. Oh, <laughs> let's start from the beginning. Um, you know, we get the Very opening Very good of, place to start. Right? <laughs> um, we get this whole opening of, you know, we get the previously on, which leads us... Uh, through everything that we got with Juliet falling down, you know, falling down into the pit, uh, you know, setting off the bomb, the flash to white, which leads us into opening of Jack being on the plane. And, you know, we are meant to, at, from that particular moment, we are automatically questioning, did it work? Did it, it is work? the very first question we have as viewers watching this episode. So if you I had a if you had a different question, I, I don't know what you were watching. So I remember feeling angry that it would work just because I didn't want them to I didn't want them to go back to the plane. I didn't want that to happen. Um so and then I, I had those feelings all over again this time, you know, like just, and this time it wasn't like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen. It's, it's the fact that I'm just like, oh, this sucks so bad because nobody's life would have been better on that plane. Like even when you look at Rose and Bernard and, and you see how wonderful and sweet they are. And, you know, when Bernard comes back from the bathroom, you know, oh, okay, like the plane's not going to crash. This is, this is for real because they were separated for so long. But there's a sadness to Rose when they when they're about to land the plane. And you know and you know why it, it that it's because she still has cancer and she's gonna die soon. Yeah. And they both know that that's gonna happen. So even Rose and Bernard, who are just like this normal, wholesome, wonderful little couple that found their retirement plan on the island, they're they have to go back to this terrible future for themselves. And you see that everywhere all over the plane that this would have been a terrible idea yeah i mean you're right there actually is a little bit of you know uh, despair and depression in in pretty much every character that we see i mean obviously we see charlie in the bathroom who is because he didn't die and jack saved his life he is now going to be arrested for for drug use and carrying drugs on the plane we have kate who's still in handcuffs we have sawyer who might i add because this is one of my notes i i just want to say seeing sawyer on the plane and then seeing sawyer on the island if that is not the reveal of who has had the biggest and starkest change in character throughout the entire past five seasons, I don't know what else is. Mm -hmm. They are two completely different people. Totally different. Josh Holloway, man. Like he, they are like, they could have been like the, 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 the Sawyer that we saw on the plane could have been the Sawyer from the islands, evil twin. Like same, same with Jin though. 
Yes. Oh yeah, Jin is big is time with big Jin. change. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, but you're right. Like even talking about Jin and Son, we have Jin who's now being taken away to to be questioned about like the money that he has. We have Son who is she does not have the confidence that she gains on the island because she's too timid to even speak up on Jin's behalf. Um, you know, even though that right there is basically her moment to get away from Jin, which is yeah. why she was going there to begin with. Right. She doesn't capitalize upon. We have, um, you know, Jack who lost his father. And then like a, lost his father. Well, that's what I meant. Well, yeah. Okay. Lost his father <laughs> and then lost his father. <laughs> but on the other hand, we, Hurley feels like he's the luckiest person in the world. How crazy was it to see his old hair? His oh, the, old the, hair? Yeah. I was just looking at him going, oh, man, I forgot his hair was that short for yeah. a while. You know, so we have Hurley who feels like he's the luckiest man in the world and nothing bad will ever happen to him. So he mm-hmm. is, his life is definitely better. Uh, we also have John Locke who, while still paralyzed, actually got to go on the walkabout that he, Did he? didn't get to go on. Did he? You think he was lying to Boone? Yes. Okay. All right, fair enough. That's definitely a possibility. But here's the thing I did make a note of. Because if he had, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. If no, no, he had go gone it. on the walkabout, he wouldn't be on that plane ride. He'd still be on the walkabout. Okay, that's a good point. That's a, that's a really good point that I did not think about. Yeah, you're right. Because the timing wouldn't have matched up. He wouldn't have been on the plane. But, although... This is this is something else that might be a counterpoint to that. So we're talking about like how we see Jack on the plane. We're wondering, did it work? And then they hit that bit of turbulence and we're like, okay, this this shit's about to happen again. It's just going to repeat itself. They get through the turbulence. Bernard returns and we're like, okay, you're questioning again. Did this actually work? They got now we're in uncharted territory. We're in uncharted territory. And you're wondering, you know, what happened? Until Desmond sits down next to Jack. Desmond was never on that plane to begin with. <gasps> That's true. Why was he on that plane? Desmond was already on the island at that point to begin with. He was already in the hatch. And so Hurley th- said nothing bad ever happens to him, which means that he wasn't cursed by the numbers. But then why was he in Sydney? He he was. I mean, remember the the phone. So the phone conversation he's having when he is talking when he's at the cab station. He is talking about Outback, the restaurant. Aha. Okay. So now we have just alternate lives. It's not even yes. an alternate timeline. It's alternate lives. But Jax is the same. Jax is pretty much the same. John Locke is pretty is much the same. the same. Charlie's is the same. Rose and Bernard is the same. The differences that we have are and Shannon's not on the plane. Shannon's not on the plane, but I think we find out that's because I, and again, this is, this might be a spoiler. This might not be, but we're going to find out about it anyway. I think we find out that's because he decided to like leave her behind. Okay. Actually not bring her home, which is what we all wanted to happen from the beginning. (laughs) But a lot of this can be equated to, okay, did it work? Mm -hmm. If it worked, it means the hatch was never built which means there's no reason for Desmond to be there. 
So he could potentially be on the plane. It also means the numbers were not there, which were what cursed Hurley. So without the numbers on the, as the serial number on the hatch, Hurley doesn't play them in the lottery. And but how did he still win the lottery? He and, still could have played those numbers. They just weren't cursed numbers now. But also one of the most defining parts of his backstory was when that back deck broke. And him saying nothing bad ever happens to him implies that he never stepped onto that back deck and it broke. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, so that raises so many questions. Why is it that Kate's story is the same? Jack's story is the same. Charlie's story is the same. R- Rose and Bernard's story is the same. Jack's story, uh, uh, Sawyer's Sawyer's story is the same. Wow. I I couldn't get Sawyer's story out. (laughs) Do we really know if Sawyer's story is the same yet or not? We really haven't seen much of Sawyer yet other than being on the plane. Well, in the elevator, he recognized that there was a situation going on with Kate and he covered for her. Well, that's just because it's the old Sawyer. Right. No, but that's what I'm saying is that we have the old Sawyer in, in as much information as they're willing to give us. True. Um, right. I, I mean, if I'm wrong, tell me, because I no, don't know. I know uh, you're absolutely right. Like I said, you these two guys could be evil twin. He could be the evil twin of the Sawyer. We know now crazy um, change, you know, but Jin and Son's story hasn't really changed. No, because wouldn't she have already left? No, because they're still going through customs. I'm sorry. Keep going. Yeah, It's not until they actually get to the the after through there's all of to be that, a baggage, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that that's usually I think that was her opportunity that she was planning on leaving. Right. But I think because of this situation, we see that, like I said, maybe she feels like she can't do it. So it's it's a different if it's it's a different story. The other person who we haven't mentioned yet when it comes to all of this on the plane is Saeed, um, who does step up. He kicks the door open for for Jack to get in there to Charlie. He's there to help Charlie or there to help Jack with Charlie. But we also see as he's looking through his passport, the picture of Nadia, which is why he's there, which is why he initially was going there to begin with. Mm -hmm. Um, Or is it? Was that he he was going to go find her? Okay, so then, yeah, so Saeed's story really hasn't changed either, as far as we know. Yeah. So you're right. Some of them have, and some of them haven't. Was it Arlo? What was his name? We saw him again. Oh, Ernst. Ernst, that's what it is. We saw- I said when he looked over his shoulder at the passport or whatever, and Saeed's kind of looking at him, I'm like, oh my gosh, I forgot. This is like 2007, which is only like six years post 9-11, and so- well, we saw so we saw two characters like that. We saw Ernst this time, who when he's talking to Hurley, tell them like, just do it in the Australian accent. I'm like, Jesus, you're annoying. Um, he but was we all, the worst. But we also saw Frogert. Frogert, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, we saw we saw Ernst. We saw Frogert. But another character has returned in this episode too, both in the present and in the uh, both in the alternate and in the reality. And for the life of me, I can't remember her name. The flight attendant. But the flight attendant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who we find out is still another survivor. She has been alive this entire time. And she's she chose the good side. She chose the good place to go where she could be protected. Well, I also think, too, I think we're going to find this out in the next episode. She is not the only one. The children she was protecting oh, yeah. are also at the temple. 
I think they are the two kids that actually bring them the food in this episode. Cindy. Cindy. That's yeah. That's Cindy, the flight attendant. That's it. Um, one other one uh, that we don't see, but we hear is the pilot um, who for the life of me, I can't remember his name, but he's like Favreau's or JJ um, Abrams, like golden boy. He's in everything JJ Abrams does. Um, it's going to bother me until I look it up. Um, but he, he was the pilot in the first episode and he, uh, Greg Grunberg, that's it. Uh, and he's also the voice of the pilot on the plane in this episode. Right. Uh, over coming over the loudspeaker. And what's cool is that we have, um, Frank Lapidus in this episode in the other timeline. Mm. So we have, we have both pilots, so to speak. Yeah. Present and accounted for. <laughs> well, I mean, well, that also brings up a very interesting point as well is when you look at all these stories that are the same and that are different, there are a couple things that are still the same. The pilot is one of them. Because remember, initially Lapidus was supposed to be the pilot of that plane. Right. But in the alternate timeline, he is still not the pilot of that plane. Interesting. That would yeah. have been interesting if we heard his voice. Right? Yeah. If we heard Lapidus's voice instead of that pilot, it would have been a, a, an interesting little twist on mm -hmm. things and how like, oh, things are actually very different. So, yeah, it, there's there's a lot of things to to look at and to kind of analyze just from the plane ride. Right. And also, also when they're in when they're at the airport. I loved also the effect that Jack and Locke had over each other in the baggage, the missing baggage scene. Mm -hmm. I thought that that was, that was a, that to me, that was a, what could have been of these two men. Um, oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? And with Locke just see, he, he didn't seem so angry, you know? I mean, when you look at Locke from in the season one in the pilot or any of his uh, flashbacks, his backstory, he's so angry. He's always angry, but he wasn't angry in this episode. Did you notice that? Well, see, I think a lot of that actually comes down to what we were talking about before in that right. I do firmly believe he actually in this alternate LA, he did go on that walkabout. On the because wiki, remember, it says that he never went even in the alternate. It says deceptions and cons as one of the themes. Well, that doesn't necessarily mean it's that moment that's a deception or a con. Yeah, but I There's just There's enough can't... of other deceptions and cons in the episode. We're going I think we're going to find out. Like because you're right, like the the lock of the of the of the we'll say LA Prime um <laughs> you know going with timelines. He's very angry, but he it's because he He's constantly being told of things that he cannot do. And I think there's not a lot of that in this alternate lock, which is one of the reasons why he's not as angry because he's getting to do the things. He's not being told that. So he mm -hmm. went on that walkabout. And if I remember, again, there's a lot of things about this season I don't remember. I think he's, I think his injury comes from something completely different in this alternate timeline as well. I don't think it's his well, father pushing him out the window. Know. That'll be interesting to know. Because I, I, did like I do remember his wife is alive. Katie Seagal? Katie Seagal's character, he's with her in this okay. alternate timeline. 
Helen. That's it. Yeah. Because one of the things I forgot about until I saw it and then all of a sudden it clicked and I remembered a bunch of other stuff was that interaction with Jack and Locke and how Jack is the one that tells him nothing is unfixable. Nothing's irreversible. Nothing's irreversible. Yeah. And I love it that, you know, it was that Jack got comfort for not having his father's body from Locke Mm -hmm. and Locke got maybe a little bit of hope from Jack for his present situation. So each, what each hated about the other, you know, man of science, man of faith in the extreme situation of a plane crash, they appreciated about each other in this alternate reality, this alternate timeline, which I thought was a really nice little juxtaposition there. I also like the fact too, that when Jack tells John Locke, Nothing is irreversible. In the back of my mind, I'm thinking, except the roles you're playing in this particular instance. Yeah. And the roles that Terry O'Quinn is playing in this in this episode. Yeah, exactly. Um, which I, I do I, I do look forward to talking about that because that was there, my first note. There's something that clicks for me that I don't think ever clicked in previous rewatches of this episode. Well, go for it. Um yeah, because we we've talked a lot about the plane and the differences between the well, two. Well, we could keep going too. We I'm could. sure we missed a lot, but so, that's fine. So something that clicks with me in this episode that I don't think ever really truly clicked before, even though we've talked about it, we've mentioned it, we've said multiple times the old John is dead. This is not John. This is the man in black in the form of John. There's a particular scene with John and with the man in black and Ben where they're talking. And it really clicked with me, like truly looking at ju- looking at Terry O'Quinn's face, which that conversation is incredibly done, is, in- is shot incredibly well with the stepping into the light to speak and then stepping back into the darkness. There's that huge contrast throughout that entire conversation. Mm-hmm. And it's during that conversation that it really clicked with me. I'm like, yeah, John Locke is dead. This like. I can't believe I never really thought about it because I think a part of me always still believed this was John because you're staring at John's face. Right. But I'm thinking, I'm like, yeah, one of my favorite characters is gone. Mm-hmm. Like it's you, you don't really think about it that way because again, you're still looking at their face, but I'm like, yeah. Um, don't know why this never really truly clicked with me before, but John Locke is dead. Yeah. My favorite one of my one of my top three favorite characters of the show is gone. They have been written off the show. You know what it is? It's that confidence that the man in black has that John Locke never really had. John Locke continually questioned what he was doing, what his purpose was throughout his entire arc on this show. And when Locke, when not Locke, when not, not Locke, Locke <laughs> is waiting in Jacob's little room there for Richard, right? He doesn't even care that he has all these guns on him. He doesn't care that it's not Richard. He doesn't care. Like, he's just like, yeah, okay. What what do you got for me? I'm going to kill you all in just a minute. Just let you know. And then Mm -hmm. even how he got out of, um, how he got out of kill, uh, not being able to kill Bram, you know, yeah. Bram puts the ashes around. He's like, that's cute. That's adorable. Here, let me let me get you out of that real quick. Well, you know, he's, he's had all this time to think about to stuff really like plan that. what yes. he was going to do. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's had contingencies. So knowing like Bram puts those ashes down. All right, fine. I'm just going to knock you out of the circle. Yeah, with and this then rock. I'll kill you. Yeah, right. Because I can I'll, do the rock. It's like I can bring the house down on top of you. I don't need to step into that circle to beat you. Right. Right. Well, so I have a question for you, and it kind of gets away from Locke, but we can come right back to Locke. No, it's fine. It's fine. Okay. So with the man in black kill, getting uh, getting Jacob killed at pretty much the same time that the bomb was happening in 1977, and these two storylines finally converging – did the alternate reality flash sideways come from the bomb or did it come from Jacob's death? Um, <clears throat> watching this for the first time, I would think you're meant to assume that this comes from the bomb. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I never really equated J- Jacob's death to it. Even, even in rewatches, I never really equated it to it. Um, Again, we're going to real, you're going to find out by the end, neither is the case. Mm-hmm. Um, but in a first time viewing, I, I would say more lean towards the bomb because again, even in rewatches, I never, I never equated Jacob's death to the alternate timeline. So I, I would say the bomb, but again, we're, but again, it's, it's neither the, the, the answer to that question is neither. Okay. The, the real answer to that question is neither. So that was my whole thing was that, well, it could be that the bomb has nothing to do with what's going on right now. And that was kind of like my main thing because Juliet said, and I want to save that for later, but I'm just going to touch on it. But Juliet was like, it didn't work. Well, I think, I think you're even meant to believe by the, from the writers that the bomb is what causes this alternate timeline. Because one of the very first things we see in this episode as they're flying over right before the opening credit is that zoom down to the water, that look underwater and the Island is submerged. Right. So I think you're meant to believe that the bomb literally sunk this Island. Okay. The bomb in 1977 sunk the Island. The Island no longer exists. So now in the present day, when they're flying over it, there's no crashing. There's no nothing because the island isn't even there. And if the island isn't there, then they're like with this alternate timeline, you can go in so many different ways because, you know, it would mean that Charles Widmore didn't make it out. Well, again, that goes back to the conversation we had in the finale about how selfish of a decision it was to set off that bomb. Right. Because – it it wasn't just sending them back to these these lives that they they had that were horrible it was it was basically a mass murder of everybody who was still on that island right uh, all the others richard uh, you know um uh charles whitmore you know eloise uh, hawking eloise hawking anybody who was on that island was gone yeah they were killing them all just to get back home Right. To miserable lives. Right. And, you know, and yes, you could say when we talked about that, like you could question like, well, maybe they found places to survive, like to shelter and everything. Well, now you're seeing, no, the island is underwater. It destroyed. It sunk the island. What we said, nobody survived. Jacob would not have even survived that. Right. 
But maybe because Jacob dies and and the island is now unprotected because Jacob dies, then the bomb is able to go off. Uh, see, now you threw a wrinkle into it that I didn't think about. Now you're going deeper down that rabbit hole. That's because my brain does that and it makes <laughs> me crazy because then I have all these other offshoots of questions after a while and it's not questions that i need answers it's just like i like the thought experiment of it all (laughs) so basically by saying that what you've done is you've taken the points that i made from point a to point b but you put a little prologue before it (laughs) 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 of well point a couldn't have happened because but point a happened because jacob died it's like, well, now I have to shift point A. <laughs> so sorry. now you kind of threw a wrench into everything. I'm it's sorry. like, okay, so the bomb was able to go off because Jacob was dead. But uh, but see, I still don't know if I buy that because Jacob was dead in the present day. He was yeah, still alive. Yeah, but Jacob alive. is everywhere at all times. <sighs> yeah, maybe. I don't know. Yes, I don't know if I believe that. I don't know if okay. I buy into the whole like he exists in every point in time kind of thing. I think time I sure is linear. Do. I think time is linear for them as well. Um, so I think there is a Jacob in 1977, and there is a Jacob in 2005. But Jacob is still alive in 77, but he's dead in 2005. 2006. I don't know whatever year it is. No, actually, 2007. No, I think no, no, 2008 it's 2000, at that point. No, because it's three, three years, years later. later. So it was 2007. So it's 2010. Wasn't it 2005 when they crashed? Why am I saying 2007 this whole time then? Yeah, it would be 2008. You're right. It'd be 2008. I thought it was 2005 oh, when yeah, they yeah, crashed. Yeah. yeah, it was. No, you're right. I'm just <laughs> dumb. I'm simple. Don't worry. That'd be 2008 when Jacob when Jacob was killed. This is going to be how season six goes, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just disorganized thought. <laughs> it, it's it's going to be interesting. Um, so, yeah, I mean, so to, to go on to your point, it's. I kind of. Yeah, I, I think we're meant to believe that this the bomb is what does is what sets this off. But you did mention the thing that kind of what we we what we know what we now know means if that makes any sense yeah sure um, i'm with you when juliet says it worked uh it didn't she is seeing something completely different she is seeing something completely different uh because we get because it's kind of it happens in one of the God, now we're switching to this and this I got choked up again this episode because of all of this um, because they show us the recap of Juliet dying and we're like oh thanks for making us relive that now let's get onto the episode then she's still alive and we're like oh there's hope and then she dies again it's like way to rip out our hearts and yes <sighs> yes yes but okay. I will say Sawyer and Juliet getting to say goodbye to each was other was a beautiful thing. Was the most beautiful thing thing in seasons. Yes. 
Yeah, I I, I agree. I absolutely it, agree. Like, I mean, it was it, raw. It was sincere. It it was. It felt like we were intruding on a very personal moment. And I will even say, I will even dare to say, it was needed for Sawyer's sake and for Jack's sake. For Jack's life. <laughs> Because had Jack, had Sawyer not had the chance to say goodbye to Juliet, there was no caging that beast. Well, Jack and, was a dead man. Well, and what's interesting to me is that Jack didn't set the bomb off. Juliet did. No, but he set the plan in motion. Of course, of course, of course. Yes. But Juliet's the one that set off the bomb, and she told that to Sawyer and I just him being like, why? And then listening to her answer, just being like, because I wanted you to be able to leave. I wanted you to have this experience. And it's just, their love was so selfless yeah. on, on both sides, which is why their relationship was just so perfect because they truly loved each other, like no strings attached, no love triangles, no questioning about it. That was true love in its rawest form. And you saw that in the way that they said goodbye to each other. And it just was beautiful. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And there's something said in that, that we has a key significance that's going to come back later. At the time you're listening to that conversation, you're kind of thinking, well, okay, like this is a dying woman saying things. She's not completely in her right mind. She's saying some stuff that's crazy. And I think Sawyer even accepts that as well. But there's something that she says that's going to come back later. And that is, we should get coffee sometime. We can go Dutch. We can go Dutch. That will come back. Yeah. Um, because. Thank God she didn't tell him he was, she was pregnant. I know. I, I thought about that, too, because I didn't even really think about that until you brought that up the last episode that we were talking yeah. about. I, that never even crossed my mind that she was pregnant. I just am like, just don't, don't. And then, like, when Miles is reading the grave, I'm like, don't, 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 don't. <laughs> like, so, if he said, there's, I hear voices, not voice. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I would just be like, no. So do you think he knew from talking to Juliet? Or do you think, know. or do you think Juliet kept that to herself, too? That, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But um, you know, since we're since we're on this whole scene with them in the hatch after just having returned, um, I want I'm going to play this because I don't think I honestly don't think we're going to get many more times to play. Jack just sucks. Yeah, we're we're not going to get many more opportunities to play it because. This is the first stage of a new Jack. Yeah. Well, he, no, I, I, I put Jack hits rock bottom. He's yeah, reached it. Literally. This is the literally. <laughs> yeah. He is in a pit. He has literally hit rock bottom. All of his decisions have been terrible. <laughs> he is guilt stricken. He can see from Sawyer's grief, knowing that nothing, it didn't work. Uh, he killed two of his <laughs> friends in this episode. I mean, one of them came back to life, but he did kill two of his friends in this episode. Or or responsible, yeah. Right, for, that's what I mean, yeah. yeah. He's responsible for Juliet. He's responsible for Saeed. You know, there are things that, you know, are happening that he thought he was going to change. He is incredibly guilt-ridden at this point, and it's going to change him. It's going to change him for the better. Good. This is a whole new Jack that we're going to see, and 
I'm I'm looking forward to it. Me too, because after uh, five seasons of Jack Shepard dickhead, I'm really excited <laughs> for one season of Jack Shepard not so much a dickhead. Just the way you said that, Jack Shepard dickhead, it almost seemed like that was the way he was giving a business card. <laughs> Jack Shepard dickhead. Dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> Dear God, he said, but, just what an insufferable fool the I mean, entire and, time. And that, well, not the entire time. He has definitely had his moments where he has come around and he's done things that have been decent and and such. But now this is finally the point where this is going to be a different Jack. And I'd say Jack for the better. He is going to step up. He's going to question more things but also go along with more things and share responsibilities like this is a whole new jack and i'm really i I know for a fact that happens i don't remember every detail so i'm looking forward to seeing all these different new things about jack well and you see that you see that the beginning of that when hurley tells jack you have to trust me and he says yeah okay Let's go. Yeah. This is Hurley's plan. Old Jack never would have done that. No, not it. Old like, Jack would have said, Hurley, sit down. Yeah. He would have tried to save Saeed himself right then and there. Mm-hmm. And even if it meant Saeed's life. And, and you're right. When Jack says, when Hurley says, like, we need to get him to the temple. And Jack's like, all right. Not only is he saying, okay, he basically, in so many words, says, lead the way. Yeah. Well, and, and, I mean, even when they're like, we have to go down this hole. Jack's like, all right, we're going right. down the hole. Oh, yep. we have to, we have to crawl around this huge, uh, this huge pit. Okay. I'll, I got the gurney. Let's do this. Yep. <laughs> and not like a lot, not only that, but when they finally get Saeed to the temple and they're allowed in, which we'll talk a little bit more about too, when they're allowed in and they take Saeed to the spring, he doesn't question that. Nope. At all, either. This is literally a, sp- a hot spring that they're going to submerge Saeed in. Doesn't question it at all. If and this the, is what the it takes, the spring f- looks like blood. Well, he even what's his name? I don't know what the character's name, but he even says to the other one, "The water is not clear." Right. Something has tainted that water. <laughs> yeah. But whatever it is, still worked. Yeah, it was called Jacob's death. <laughs> Oh, yeah, because I don't think they know yet at that point that Jacob is dead. No, that was a great moment, too. Hurley Man, hasn't I love told the him temple. Yet. I love the temple so much. Yeah. They're so, oh, God. Yeah, there's there's a ton. Um, I don't think we're there for very long. Or maybe I'm wrong about that. I, again, no, we're there for a good amount of time. Are we? Oh, yeah. Okay. And I got, I can't think of the actor's name. I got to look it up now. But the, the actor, leader of the temple who does yeah. not like the taste of English on his tongue. God, I love um, uh, What the hell is his name? I'm looking at him now. I'm looking for it now. I don't think he's named yet. <laughs> I like how John, the, the other guy, his second in command is called Lennon. As in John Lennon? As Because he, he looks like John Lennon. Yes, he does. He looks like he came directly from 1977 with them. Maybe he is John Lennon. Ooh, no, he's not. <laughs> I didn't see Yoko there. That's true. Um, 
So Lennon is listed. Bram is listed. Cindy. Edward Mars. Who? No, that's the that's the cut. That's the the agent. Um. Oh, Dogen. That's his name. Um. Haruyuki Sanda, who is I love that actor. So do I. He like he's in. Um. Not to get off too. Not to get too far off off topic, but uh, Bullet Train is a fun ass movie. Yes. And he's yes. and he's in that as well. Uh, but yeah, he's been in a ton of stuff. Is he in the John Wick movies? Yes. He is in the John Wick movies. Okay. Yes. He was so. the um he was in John Wick 4. Never he seen it. The... I have not seen three or four. Oh. Then how do you know he's in the John Wick movies? I because I think he's in the I think he's in the trailer. Oh, okay. For, for right. I think I remember seeing him either in a movie or in a trailer for a movie. Okay. Yeah. So he's okay. in it. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. Don't tell me anything about his character. Right. I haven't seen it yet. No, no problem. Thank you for telling me. Yeah. Um, so that actually hits about- streaming. That actually hits streaming next week. So I'm really excited to watch it. Yes. Yeah. He's actually what I love about Dogen, and I love knowing his name now because um, I didn't look. Um, I, what I love, what I love about Dogen is that he's just so like he's looking at when when they're quote unquote killing Saeed. Um, he's you know they're going by this. What do you call him? Hourglass. He's going by the sand in the hourglass. Mm. And who was it? Was it Jack that attacked him? Oh, like, yeah. Stop. Stop. I couldn't remember who it was. And, you know, he obviously studies Aikido because Aikido is all about defensive movement. And he was just so nonchalant about it. He's like, <laughs> oh, get out of my way. Yeah. Like, doesn't even break a sweat. Like, doesn't like even batting take a his fly. Eyes. Yeah. Doesn't even take yeah. his eyes off of the hourglass. He's like, get ah, you know, yeah. like, get away. <laughs> yeah. He's literally like batting a fly away with, with Jack's attack. And right. You know, which which says something because we have seen in many moments Jack can hold his own. Jack held his own against like three or four of those guys. Yeah. Not moments before. Yeah. So for this dude to just kind of like brush him off, it's like, yeah, you don't want to fuck with this guy. Yeah. His hair didn't even move. (laughs) 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 He's just like, okay. But what you know, what's what's interesting about that spring too, since we're I love the fact that our conversations have kind of like matured into now we're just kind of going with the flow. We're not going particular bullet points because I, I love that about. No, no, no. And no. and for anybody that's been listening regularly, expect this to happen for all of season six, because that's the only way to discuss. Season yeah, season it, it really is. It's just it. just go with whatever comes up next. Like whatever, <laughs> yeah. whatever pitch you get thrown, just swing at it. And, Whack-a-mole and go. with our thoughts. Yeah, pretty. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a better analogy <laughs> is you don't know what's going to pop up next. Just, just bop it as it comes up. Um, you know, what's interesting about that spring too, is, you know, you mentioned how, you know, Saeed definitely does die. Like he, he is dead at that yeah. point. And, but something revives him. Like he, he definitely comes back and whatever it is, they were hoping that spring to do. It wasn't for him to come back because they were just as surprised. Yes. To see Saeed pop up and say, like, what, what's happening? They were just as surprised as Jack and Kate were. So I watched this show. I watched this episode last night, and I didn't, I, for some reason, I didn't get the timeline down. Did Sa- Saeed lived after they realized that Jacob had died, right? Saeed lived 
Saeed mm-hmm. woke up at the end of the episode, yes. right? Yeah, so the, they, it was the last moment of the episode. They find out, yeah, they find out Jacob died before Saeed revives, is revived. And, yeah, and they hit off their firework and they did all the other stuff. And that's a great, that's a great sequence, by the way, when they realized that Jacob was dead. Oh, because it like, it sets them into panic mode. Right, but I loved it because Hurley's like, oh, you guys didn't know that? Interesting. <laughs> Well, because I mean, again, like setting them off into the into the mode that they're in, like barricading all the doors, everything, you know, <clears throat> and even Hurley saying, like, oh, I guess we're not leaving this place. And Lennon, th- this isn't to keep you in. This is to keep him him out. out. They know what Jacob's death means. Right. They, and they've been, it's like they've been waiting for it. Y- they've been preparing for it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but it's it's so funny to me because it's they're all. Like anybody that you meet, the others, um, the, what do you call them? The hostiles, the Dharma, the temple people, anybody that isn't a, a, a plane sur- crash survivor, they're all wait, they're, they're all waiting on this Jacob and smoke monster showdown, you know, just in different ways, you know, they all know about it. Well, maybe not the Dharma initiative. I don't think the Dharma Initiative knew anything about it. Um, They knew about the Black Smoke Monster because obviously they had the pylon set up to Mm -hmm. keep him out. Right. Um, You know, it's very curious to me, like, and this is something that's never explored. So this is just something that can kind of be pondered on is how they even knew about the Black Smoke Monster to begin with. Um. You know, we, we kind of figured that the Dharma Initiative arrived sometime in the 60s. So sometimes mm-hmm. between the time they got there and the 70s, they had to have encountered it and yeah. figured out that those pylons stopped it. You right. know, right. But, it, yep. but it's never explored. So it's not anything worth really questioning over. Right. Well, and it's also not productive to the overall story, which is probably why it's not explored. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That it's, it's something, again, that can just kind of be brushed off. Right. It, it's not something we need the answer to in order to feel satisfaction from the series. Right. I, I so, keep wondering. I don't like the season finale because I'm, I'm still questioning why they built the pylons. That's so stupid. I can see somebody saying that. Oh, I'm sure there are people out there that <laughs> they're looking for any excuse to hate on the finale. Why did I don't know. The pylons? Shut well, up. anybody that has whatever i'm I'm not gonna go down that road um <laughs> so let's go back let, so let's go back to um saeed's death for a second okay so he dies in tainted water but he still revives do you have any thoughts on to like what happened there i I don't as of yet, because there's a lot, again, there's a lot about that I don't remember. Mm-hmm. I, I'm pretty sure we find out why the water is tainted. Um, I had such a clear memory of that water clearing up after this. I uh, For some reason, I think I rem- have a memory of that water being clear again, too. But I don't remember. You mean why after or how or when? Yeah. Yeah. For and because I remembered it, I I could have sworn that the water was going to clear up after Saeed was put in the water. Like when he died, the water would be cleared, but that didn't happen. So I was like, "Oh, I got that wrong. I wonder when it clears up." Like that was my exact thought thought process when mm-hmm. rewatching the episode last night. So I'm not really sure when it clears up, but 
I'm glad that you also have a memory of it, which means that it must have cleared up. I think I have a memory of that water clearing up. Yeah, I just don't remember when it happens. It's also very curious to me, too, is that when Dogen puts his hand in the water, I don't believe it heals. No, no, it doesn't. That's why he knows that it's not ready. But yet, why did they still go through with it with Saeed? I mean, Lenin does tell them, like, this is risky, meaning this might not work. And it and it doesn't. Something revives Saeed. Now the question is: Is it the water that revives Saeed, or did something else revive Saeed? I honestly do not remember. Well, and then we have to also remember that Ben probably went through this process as well. This is probably what healed Ben. Yeah. So, I it'd be interesting to know what. Actually, I don't even think it's probably. This is what healed Ben. But what was? that set of circumstances like did he go into mucky water did he go into clear water is that why he was he able to live or did he die first and then live at the same time like what was that process like and was it similar to Saeed's is Saeed going to be different now is he going to be like not Saeed but like a totally different like all the good parts or bad parts picked out of him because I honestly can't remember yeah it's again I don't I don't remember it either and you know the difference is you know when when Richard takes Ben and he tells him like, well, he's never going to be the same again. He's going to become, he's basically going to become one of us from this. Right. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming the water was clear at that point. So okay. it was, it was cleansing. Um, so what is the difference then between him and, and Saeed? And I also find it very interesting now that I think more about it in the dynamic of what saved or potentially saved Saeed was needed to save someone who Saeed tried to murder. These two characters. So what saved the person? Okay. Let me say it in a different way. So it's easier to understand because it was a little muddled the way I said it before. What saved the person that Saeed tried to murder now was needed to save himself. Oh, interesting. Oh, I do like, so, so what saved Ben who Saeed started to tried to murder is what also saved Saeed. So maybe, and again, I can be completely wrong on this because I'm speaking from not, from not having a memory of this. They are genuinely surprised that the water is not clear when they go into it and they see it. This is the first time they're seeing that the water isn't cleared. The question now is, is the water that way because Jacob is dead or is the water that way because Saeed is the one that is about to need it? Because the water could be that way. Maybe there's a connection now between the the water tying Ben and Saeed together in that the impurities that were removed from Ben are now going to be imbued in Saeed. And that is where the different color water comes from. Hmm. Because this is a magic spring. So. Well, right. But I mean, Jacob is the magic of the island, the good magic, the light magic of the island. So maybe because the light magic is now gone, maybe all that's left is that darker spring. I, I think that is, I think that what, I think that definitely makes more sense than what I said. And that is more likely than what I said. I was just throwing a secondary theory. No, 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 no. I, I'm trying to, I didn't, I didn't realize that I said something different than you did. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, that's better. That's not what I said, but that's better. I'm like, 
That is I was con- said? I was connecting. No, I connected Saeed and Ben through the water. Right. You're connecting Jacob. But I did mention Jacob. You know, I said, is it I said, did the water change color because Saeed is the one that needs it or because Jacob is dead? So I think Jacob being dead is the more likely explanation as the as to why the water changed. Because you're right. He he was the light of the island and the light has been extinguished, which is which is good. But Ben didn't like Ben wasn't saved from the Jacob spring and he didn't come out, you know, like this all wonderful human. He came out a pretty terrible dude. So I don't know. I, I don't know what that means because um, Ben's a liar, a manipulator, a murderer. I'm, I'm gonna. So I agree with you. I don't think the spring is what made Ben that way. That they said he was going to be different. They said he was going to be different. He was going to be one of us, meaning a protector of the island. I think because he was healed by the island, he felt he had the need to protect it now like everybody else. I don't think that's what made him manipulative and evil. I think that was just in his nature. I don't know. He was a pretty sweet kid. He genuinely just wanted to help Saeed. Yeah. I, it could have just been to the extreme, though. I don't know. I mean, there's, I yeah, think I don't there's know. definitely ways to look at it. I think, yeah. to me, the way I look at it is in, like, the island healed him. It made him part of the island, meaning he felt the need to protect it. And then he kind of mm-hmm. went a little extremist on that mission and yeah. became manipulative in order to achieve what he needed to achieve. Okay. I don't think, I, my opinion is the spring didn't make him that way. Okay, that's fair. He, he just kind of had that deep inside of him and a tortured childhood could do that. Right. Right. Yeah. Abused, abusive childhood. Absolutely. Yeah. You're right. So you're definitely right. I'm not right or wrong. It's just my, the way I see it. No, no. I mean, I'm just saying that you're right in what you're saying. Okay. Gotcha. Let's talk about Ben, unless you have more on, on the spring and Saeed. Uh, No, the, the only other thing I really want to talk about is Hurley. So let's talk, let's go with what you're saying. Okay, so yeah, because I have Ben and I have Hurley, so those are pretty much what I think what we have left um, for this. Um, I want to talk about Ben because that scene with Ben and the man in black in there before Bram comes in, you know, there's so much packed into this scene with, in particular, with Ben. First off, we get what we knew already, but we're getting for the first time as a, as a first time viewer, the reveal man in black is the black smoke monster. It's a huge moment. Yes. I mean, cause we see Bram shoot the man in black. We find out that he's bulletproof cause the bullet just bounced right off him hides behind that pillar. They go behind the pillar and he's gone. And what comes in next is the black smoke monster comes in, wreaks havoc, kills everybody, knocks Bram out of the circle, kills Bram, throws him onto a a branch and a a log and impales him. And he says to Ben, I'm sorry you had to see me that way. Mm -hmm. Huge fucking reveal for that moment, which is kind of lost on us a little bit because we already knew. Mm. But as a first-time viewer... That's huge. It is. It's great. It's huge. Yeah. 
and the look, even before that, even before we get to that, the look on Ben's face when he goes out to get Richard and Richard throws him to the ground in front of John Locke's body. That is, I think, the purest look of what the hell is going on we have ever seen Ben have. Well, he's completely out of his depth at this point because now, I mean, he's just, he's so confused. And and he's been told to kill Jacob, who he was sworn to protect mm-hmm. this entire time. Like, poor Ben. Ben's well, he, having a rough, a rough time of it right now. He even says at that point, like, you wanted me to kill Jacob because you couldn't do it yourself. The master manipulator has realized at that point he has been manipulated. Well, a lot of that has to do with the fact that he thought that he was dealing with Locke, mm-hmm. who was easy to manipulate. And, it, and he comes to the realization that he is also easy to manipulate. Going back to that theme of the whole season, which is nothing is what it seems. Mm-hmm. And again, like very similarly to how this season is going to show us a completely different Jack. I think if I remember, I think we get a completely different Ben. Well, Ben's and this is game. And this is a Ben that, like, I have already loved Ben to begin with. He is, again, I've, I've said this numerous times, he's my favorite character of the series. This is a Ben that I love. Mm-hmm. Because he tries, this is a Ben that is going to try and make up for past mistakes. He's going to try to redeem. Well, it's about time. Right? This is a Ben who's looking for redemption this season because he's been manipulated. He killed the person, like you said, he was sworn to protect. Yeah. Because he was manipulated to do it. Mm-hmm. So this is a Ben that is going to be seeking redemption. He's going to do everything he can to get it. And it also leads to a beautiful moment in the series finale that I will not mention, but is one of my favorite moments of the finale. I know what you're talking about, too. Yeah. It's one of my favorite moments of the finale. And this is the start of everything that leads to that moment. And I'm just, I just more talk, just talking about it. I was already excited to get into season six, but just this conversation about all of these things that are coming that the, the, the stuff we remember and the stuff we don't. I'm, I'm, I can't wait to dive into this season. I think one of the best parts about this season is that, or about this episode, sorry, about, is that it's action-packed and there's a lot of story, but it's still a setup episode. Oh, yeah. This and that sets up a lot. But it's great because a lot of shows, especially nowadays, their setup episodes are such a slow burn that it's just kind of like, okay, well, now we've got everything set up. Thanks. But this is so action-packed that you're watching an entire story unfold while pieces are still getting put in place. And that's what's really neat to me. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so let's go to Hurley because let's Hurley go is to amazing. Hurley, Hurley is Every- amazing. In this, Everybody in this loves Hurley. Oh my gosh, he's so <laughs> great in this episode. And like he's fine in the alternate plane reality, but Hurley is really going to shine on the island and it starts in this episode in such a big way. You know, he his 
conversation with Jacob at the very beginning of the episode, I love that he's just never surprised to see dead people anymore. He's like, oh, okay, you're dead. Cool. <laughs> like, let's keep talking. Um, but he's like, okay, so I gave you that guitar case. You got to bring that guitar case. You got to take him to the temple. The temple's going to be able to fix it, blah, blah, blah. And so Hurley's just like, okay, I guess that's what I'm doing. But there's this resolve in him. There's this resolve that he knows what he's supposed to do. And I think that the biggest part of that is when Jin comes up, he goes, if I told you that we needed to go to the place with the French people and blah, 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 would you know what I'm talking about? And Jin's like, yeah. He's like, all right, let's do this. Like, that's all the confirmation that he needed. Yeah. Now, I, I want to pose a question to you, because this is okay. something that I thought about it, watching this episode as well. We talked about when we were talking, when we were covering the season finale of last season, we talked about all the moments where Jacob went to visit everybody at some point in their lives mm -hmm. and how Hurley's happens after they're already off the island. And Hurley's is different because Jacob actually introduces himself or makes him not introduces himself because he doesn't know he's Jacob. Right. He just knows that he's this guy, but he makes himself known like, I'm connected to the island. You need to get back to the island, all this stuff. Do you think Jacob did that intentionally so that he was able to visit Hurley after he died? Oh, probably. Well, I mean, so you think, mm, so you think that Jacob knew all of this was going to happen? I think, which is I probably why he didn't fight his death. Yeah. I think that's the case. I, I honest, I think that, in Jacob's mind, he believed there's a potential chance my life is coming to an end relatively soon because of everything that is happening. So I should establish a connection with somebody so that I can continue to speak after I'm gone. Yeah, but then he would have had to show up in Hurley's life at another time as well. Because not showing up in Hurley's life until the absolute last minute, that doesn't make any sense because Hurley was always a candidate. Um, okay. That's a good point. Yeah, that, that's a proper point. Okay. I can, but I, can I don't know. That. I mean, maybe that's just, maybe he did show up in Hurley's life at one point. So do you think we it's just, just a, it. you think it's just a coincidence then that Jacob decided to, after he died, or oh, well, I can go talk to Hurley. Maybe it's a contingency plan. That's what maybe I mean. He I gave think it might've been a contingency plan. Just in case everything went wrong. Not that he knew everything was going to go wrong, but maybe it was like just in case he couldn't lead his his candidates to the temple, that that was the way to get them there. Just in just in case he needed a way to get them to the temple in a different way. Yeah. I and know Hurley was a good catalyst for that. I know we've mentioned this before, but one of the things that really just comes to mind now and I I don't know why, but this, I absolutely love this thought is that by the end of this year, and we've already talked about this. So I, even though this is a finale, a series finale thing, I'll still mention it because we've already talked about it, how Hurley does end up becoming the ultimate guardian of the Island in the end. <clears throat> I love the fact now, and I don't know why I didn't think about this before that Jacob can be his mentor. Oh, yeah, because he sees dead people. Because he can still talk to Jacob even though Jacob is dead. Yeah, Jacob that's great. Jacob could be a mentor to Hurley when it that's comes actually... to... Don't know why I never thought of it before. I literally just thought about it, and it actually brought a smile to my face. So with that in mind, 
what if all the dead people that Hurley's been seeing has been manifestations of Jacob over time? I think we've kind of already discovered that it's been, that's been the case. Um, or no, actually, I don't know because I don't think Charlie was, I think he was legitimately talking to Charlie. Um, or he was, or it was Jacob talking to him as Charlie. I mean, we've seen the man in black take all sorts of different forms. Why can't Jacob? Yeah, that's that's true. Because Jacob can leave the island. Mm-hmm. The man in black is the one that can't. Right, but he's taken on different forms of different people on the island. And going back again, real quick too, we also get that ma- that reveal of that's the master plan of the man in black when he says, "I want to go home." Mm-hmm. He's doing this so he can leave the island. Mm-hmm. So, but. Anyway, back to what we were, were talking about. Um, so, I don't know. If, I don't know if it was ever revealed that J- that Charlie was Jacob and Anna Lucia was Jacob, and it's just an idea. I don't know. Yeah, I, I see the potential. In it. Yeah, it would be cool if that was actually the intention. Um, I really enjoy seeing Hurley's confidence grow throughout this episode. Um, they were about to get shot, and he stops everybody. He goes, "Jacob sent us." And then they're like, well, what are your names? And everybody's like, do we do it? Do we do it? And Hugo doesn't like Hurley doesn't, doesn't hesitate. Pause. He doesn't. Yep. He goes, Hugo Reyes. And he just looks at everybody else like, go. Like, this is this is the part where you speak now. Like, you just <laughs> yes. see this. You see this totally different man that is now kind of in charge of of this side of the people. You know, they're. Yeah. they're the, the group is starting to defer to him. I mean, it was his, it was his plan to go to the temple, but like he had what got them through. He got, he had the ankh, he had, which had the paper. He, he led them to the temple. He knew where to go. Like all of these things have now lined up. And I think that as things line up and keep happening the way that Hurley sees that they're supposed to be happening, that, he's getting more confidence in what Jacob told him to do and that he's not crazy. He's actually, he's actually informed. Mm -hmm. And you see that, you see that really take shape when Dogen and Lennon are talking to him and they, first of all, they totally believe him when he says Jacob is dead. And second of all, he and Hurley, when he says it, he just, he seems to like kind of relish in the fact that he knows information that Dogen and Lennon don't. You're yeah, you're right. I didn't even really think about that is that they don't even question Hurley when he says that Jacob is dead at all. They don't question him. You're right. They don't question him at all. And I think it's like, because he had the onk. Oh, I'm, it's absolutely because he had the onk. He had yeah. the onk and his name was on the list. And he said that Jacob talked to me and told me that he died. And they, they didn't even question that. Yeah, they didn't. Yeah. I, I have a firm belief that there's a part, there's a part of me that believes they already know he's the true guardian of the island. Oh, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I he, think, he's had all the key elements so far to keep them alive. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, Jack's in the fetal position on the corner, just, you know, crying <laughs> about his woes. <laughs> Oh man. Yeah. It's yeah. There's a, there's a lot in that and I'm really looking forward to seeing. And one of the other things too, I want to make mention of real quick too, is that, you know, 
you you say that Hurley is, you know, he's, he's much more confident. And I absolutely agree with you. He is more confident. But one of the cool things that I think I kind of realized too, is watching when we see the alternate Hurley, the businessman Hurley, it takes a lot of confidence to be a businessman. Mm. you know, to run a business and to be out there doing those things. Like you have to have confidence in yourself. You have to have confidence in the, in confidence in the war and the workers that work for you in the people that you partner with and such. So that is also in essence, a very confident Hurley, which Mm. makes me believe the difference between someone like Sawyer, whose personality changes and he becomes a completely different person with Hurley. That confidence was always there. It just needed to come out. Right. Hurley has he needed always, to stop being kicked when he was down. Yes. Hurley has always had the ability to be a confident person. He just needed to get it out. Right. That's the difference between him and anybody else who has changed, is mm-hmm. they have all changed to be completely different people. Hurley is the same person. He's just coming out now. He just, More, it was all hidden. Yes, exactly. Which... I think even adds more credence to the fact that of him being the guardian. Right. I agree. He's not a different person. Yeah. He's the same. Hurley has never changed. Yeah. Meaning, Mm -hmm. well, Hurley as a person has never changed. He's the same Hurley. He's just, all these inner strengths have now just revealed themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, whereas everybody else has developed new characteristics. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with that. I definitely agree with that, man. I'm excited for the rest of the season. I actually wanted to watch ahead to last night. I did. T- I, I, I watched it right before we started recording and I was like, Oh, I want to see what happens next. Cause I don't remember a lot of it. That's why I didn't watch it. That's probably why I need to stop, not watch it the morning of when we do this, because or I need to continue watching it the morning of just because then I'm like, Oh, I'm out of time. I can't watch the next one. And then, you know, that feeling goes away because you move away from yeah the television, you know? Yeah, so. exactly. But last night, like Dave was playing uh, tears of the kingdom for, for the new Zelda game. And so I was just in my room and I'm like, well, I have the time I could do it if I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's a good, like, I don't really have much else. No, I'm good. Um, you know, we talked about the guitar case, Saeed in the spring. Um, you know, we mentioned Claire, we, we get a quick glimpse of her in, in the cab with Kate at the end of the episode, Claire, who's all but almost been forgotten yeah. at this point, you know, we, she's finally back this season, which we're going to see a lot more of her this season. Um, oh, I have two, two quick things. One of them is very quick. And then the other one is, I, I'm curious what your thoughts on it are. Okay. Um, so I found it very interesting that when they went back to 2008 to the present day, um, the van went with them. <laughs> I, I don't know how that happened. Maybe oh, because that's her, a plot hole. Maybe because they were leaning against it. It, it went oh, with them. Maybe because they were in it. Maybe. Yeah, Saeed was in it, wasn't he? Well, because remember when they were jumping through time and they were in the canoes, the canoes went with them. Okay, so they had to have been touching it. So maybe they were touching the van, okay. so the van traveled with them. That's good that we fixed that because that would have bugged me. Yeah, <laughs> fix that plot hole. Yep. The, uh, so the other thing 
that I found very interesting. And so in the very beginning of the episode, when we flash to modern times again, when we flash to the present day and Kate is in the tree, she has that ear issue where she can't really hear. I love that effect. And Miles says, are your ears ringing? That's not ear ringing. Ear ringing is when you actually hear a ringing in your ear. Right. This was when you are on an airplane and your ears haven't popped. Or, or a big explosion happens. When a big explosion happens, you can't you can't hear for a while. See, I I I know that too, but it made me think like, oh, is there a connection to them being in the present day and the alternate them where Kate is on a plane? No, I don't think so. Only because okay, only because I did notice, and I'm glad that you brought this up. I did notice that um, Jin was like, we we went through time. And Hurley's like, what? How do you know? And he's like, because I've jumped through time. And exactly what just happened, the flash of light, the ringing in my ears, this, the headache, that's all because that's all when we would flash through time. Yeah. So I, he, oh, and Hurley's the one person that didn't experience that because when right. he was on the plane, he was wearing the blindfold. Oh, that's true. Yep. He was, he he, was asleep. He put the well. I don't think he was asleep. I think he just but pulled he the, blindfold the blindfold over it so that he didn't see anything. Right. Hurley because is the one person who's never seen it. Yeah, because they all went well. Especially, I mean, Jen and Sawyer and Jen Sawyer, Miles. It was Jen Sawyer, Miles, and I think that's it of that group were the ones that were literally hopping through time. Well, Juliet. Yeah, but Juliet was having her own problems in that moment. No, she was with them, wasn't she? She was. What I'm saying is she probably didn't experience all the time jump stuff because she was too busy dying. Oh, I'm talking about the previous time when they were all jumping, constantly jumping. Through oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I'm talking about this time is that they all is that they experienced the jump through time because now they've been brought to the present. So that's how Jin knows that they've jumped through time without looking at the hatch. Okay. Because everybody else was looking at the hatch, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, that's the hatch!" After we, yeah, after but Jin we knew just from the experience that that's yeah. that's what it was, right? Yeah, and so Hurley like, was, like, yeah, and Hurley wouldn't have known because again, he's never seen it, right? And that was a cool way of just kind of explaining without explaining what had just happened. Okay, All right. I don't know. I just, I, I dug too deep then in connecting that with ear popping on an airplane because they want you to dig that deep, and sometimes things are just face value. What's funny is that I what's funny is that I dug that deep and made that connection, even though I already know there's no freaking connection. Because it's fun to do it. But I still did it. Yeah. But I still did it. (laughs) All right. Yeah, I think yeah, I think that's everything I have on my notes. Me too. Um which leads us into feedback, which we do have a couple things. Of course, we have an email from our buddy Des and a voicemail from our friend Steve. Uh, what do you want to start with? Voicemail or email? Voicemail. Voicemail? Well, that's yeah. fucking mental. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. This voicemail comes from uh, our friend Steve Brown. Hello, Ben and Kristen. This is Steve, and this is going to be for Lost Season 6, Episode 1. LAX part one. Oh, watching that previously on just got me. Wait, I forgot. How how or why is Desmond on the plane? 
So the bomb exploded and the island sunk into the water, right? This is like trauma. Why are they making us watch this over and over again? Hey, I'm going to take it on faith, Then You said that these, the alternate timeline, it's not an alternate timeline, it's something else. So we'll find out what it is. But now we're back in present day with the group that blew up the hatch originally. Uh, Sawyer just said LAX the title of the episode. My, My job. Oh, it's Ernst. <laughs> oh, Jacob. Alive. That's right. Jen and son were not in a good place at the beginning of season one. Uh, pulling your leg. Now I get it. Uh, well, that's rather abrupt. Just throw Ben down next to the dead body of John Locke. You know, I freely admit I probably have only watched season six once since I watched it, you know, when it aired. So I don't remember anything. Well, I get it. Jacob is dead. And that's why Hurley can now talk to him. Oh, we got to watch Charlie die again, too? Come on, lost. Okay, he's alive. Oh, she opened her eyes. Oh, here comes the smoke monster. Oh, we got to see her die again. Oh, that is a scary look in Sawyer's eyes. You did this. Right, and John's got to wait for them to bring the wheelchair for him. Oh, that went by much quicker than I remembered, so. On to part two. Seriously, how many times do we have to watch this with Juliet hitting the bomb? Probably should have skipped this intro because I really don't need to watch it. When we're finally going to get to find out what's in the guitar case. Nah, guitar, man. Well, Sawyer just asked Miles to hang back. I bet he's going to try to gonna use his power to find out what uh, Juliet's message was. Oh, so everybody got knocked out by uh, whoever these people are. These are the temple people, right? Yeah. I just saw Emily DeRaven's name in the credits. Has it been in the credits before or is this just her return? Uh, a 341. There's a, a it would take too long to explain message was it worked so i'm right it worked so they lost jack's father's body oh my goodness oh a giant onk inside the guitar case and of course son's got to keep up the act that she doesn't know english okay wait if the waters didn't heal this one guy's hand how do they think it's going to heal saeed uh oh if saeed is dead then that means trouble right <laughs> hey is that froger <laughs> just told kate to get in line Oh, it's Claire in the back of the cab. Aw. Oh, and that's right. Claire should be pregnant now, right? She hasn't actually had the baby yet. S sideways flash. <laughs> that's quick, Hurley. He picked up on the fact that you're not translating anything that we say. So obviously he understands English. <laughs> oh, now we see the importance of Jacob's death, right? Because now the smoke monster can attack them in their temple when Jacob was protecting them. Ooh, smoke monster just called him Benjamin. Oh, I don't resort to name calling. I won't call him smoke monster anymore. But man in black, smoke monster. Have we, ever, have we had anyone call Ben Benjamin in this series? And where would be home for the man in black? That's what he just said that, you know, John, that he want what John didn't. He wants to go home. Oh, Jack's on a flip phone. That's right, because the premiere was 2000 what? Yeah. <laughs> Which of your bags they lose, John? The one with all the knives in him? Oh, it was the bunch in the, the suitcase of knives. Ooh, throat punch from John Locke, not John Locke in quotations, to Richard Albert. Ooshk. So Saeed is alive or something. Oh, wait, I got to stop it before it goes to the next one. No. <laughs> ah, it's not going to work. Anyway, talk to you later. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. Huh, you know what? With him saying that, Christian's body not being there and Locke's knives not being there, those were very island-specific things. 
Yeah. <clears throat> um, I don't know what that means, but because the island, like without the knives, they never would have gotten as far as they went with hunting and, and doing stuff that they needed to do. And without Christian, man in black wouldn't have had a body to cohabitate for a little bit. Those are just necessary pieces of the island story that are now missing from the alternate universe story. And I, there may be no significance at all to it other than it just connects the two island survivors in this moment. But I don't know. That was just interesting. Yeah, that is interesting to think about. I never really put the thought behind that either. So, uh, but thanks, Steve, for your, uh, for your voicemail feedback. As always, mic drop. That's so cute. All right. I have hit, I have Dez's uh, email. So this is from Dez, uh, our buddy Dez, as Ben likes to say. So here we are at the beginning of the last season of Lost, 18 episodes. That should give us just enough time to finish the rewatch in time for the 20-year anniversary of the premiere, September 22nd, 2024. I know you guys can do it. You're a dick. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Moving on. Anyway, uh, Damon and Carlton did everything they could to mess with us this episode. They start us off with what seems to be a world where the island sank after our crew set off a bomb in 1977. We see most of the people we should expect to see on the plane, except no Shannon. And somehow Desmond is there. I love that Boone tells John that if the plane goes down, he's following him in the real world. The plane went down. He followed John who sent him into another plane, which also went down killing Boone. (laughs) They also gave us the reveal that Juliet had actually survived the incident. A fact I seem to forget every time I watch this show. Me too. We have to watch Sawyer grieve. Then we realize she's alive. And then we have to go through it all again when she finally fades away. It makes the finale hit that much harder when you realize her confusing conversation with Sawyer about going Dutch for coffee is the same one they have in the flash sideways. Spoiler. Yeah, we do get a little bit of happiness in this episode. We get to see Rose and Bernard cuddling and happy. We get to see Hurley seemingly at peace and happy without the shadow of the numbers over him. We also get to see that the Dharma shark one more time. Also, they they should have given Frogert and Arts their own webisode series. That would have been awesome. <laughs> ben has so many oh shit moments in this episode, but my favorite is when Richard throws him down next to Locke's corpse. Of course, Richard gets his own when John tells him it's good to see him out of those chains. Before oh, I, I get about that line. Yeah, this is cool. Before I get too th- Before I go, two things about last episode. We talked about the numbers and the candidates and how Kate's number wasn't one of the numbers. Her number was 51. None of us mentioned that that, that's 15 backwards. What a bitch. Good call. We also (laughs) talked about how Jacob met some of them as children, some before and after the crash. I was thinking, how do we know those were the only times he dropped in on them? Who's to say Jacob didn't visit them over and over again just to make sure things went right the right way? Just a thought. Looking forward to the next episode when things start to unravel a little and we realize the sideways isn't exactly what we thought. Love you guys. Desmond out. That's a good point. I mean, we kind of touched on that a little bit with Hurley is that maybe that wasn't the only time he went to visit Hurley. Yeah. Jacob could have visited Hurley at other times as well. It's nice to know that our resident uh, lost fanatic in Des 
also had the same thoughts. Yeah. 51 is 15 backwards. Lee, I can't believe we missed that. I Yeah, I that, missed that, that as well. Me. Yep. Um, I can't remember this or not about Dez. I can't remember if he's a fan of the finale or if he's not. I think he's a fan of the finale. I could be wrong. Dez, let us know. know. Yeah. Because if he's not, maybe we'll have to have him on with our guest for the, with our other guest for the finale. Yeah, that should be fun. Because I know he is a fan of the finale. So but we'll see. Uh, but thank you guys both for the feedback. And of course, we encourage you guys to leave us feedback on any episodes, past, present, or future of the series. Uh, easiest way to do that is just go to our website, revisitedpod.com. There you can find links on where to listen, where to subscribe, where to watch the videos, and of course, how to leave us feedback in either an email or a voicemail. Um, recommendations for the week. I think it's my week. I don't know. I have one. I have a recommendation of something not to do. Uh, Okay. Why don't you do that? And then I'll give my recommendation of something to check out. Okay. Unless you're about to say a particular movie not to see. Yeah. No, don't do that. Cause I loved that movie and I know you didn't. Okay. Speak your piece. Here's what I'm going to say, okay? It's about Guardians of the Galaxy 3. I went to go see it with my family the other day. It's a very, very, very good movie. But if you have any problems at all with the mistreatment of animals, such as I do, I have that. I can't handle that. I cannot handle that. Don't see the movie. I almost walked out several times in the movie it goes on for way too long it's entirely too much it at one point it just seems gratuitous to me to me and i just if you if you are like me in any way just skip it or wait for it to come out on theater and you can fast forward stuff you don't want to see i feel I honest to God feel traumatized from this movie. Like it's two days later and I'm still thinking about it with tears in my eyes. I don't, I did not enjoy it at all, but that's just my opinion. All right, you go. I No, I mean, and, and on that point, I think it's, even though we don't agree in, in our enjoyment of the movie, I think <clears throat> that is a fair point to make because it is a good warning because there are people out there that are like that, that can't take animal cruelty They're just very sensitive to it. And without knowing that going into it, it could be, it it can be traumatizing. So I think even the point that you make is still a good point to get out there for people to know before Mm -hmm. going in to see this movie, (coughs) excuse me, know ahead of time that it is, there are elements of animal cruelty done for the sake of telling a tragic backstory. However, um, it could have been cut in half the amount of time that they spent. If they had just cut it in half, it would have been tolerable. But you were speaking. Sorry. No, I, I just, like I said, I think it's a good warning for people to know that ahead of time going into it, uh, that if you are sensitive to that, just be very warned that it, this could be triggering. So that's all. Uh, my recommendation for the week for something to actually check out. I actually had the opportunity to see this uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, Apple TV Plus actually sent me an advanced screener copy of it. And uh, I was under review embargo, so I wasn't allowed to talk about 
my my thoughts on the film and they never gave me a date for when it was lifted so i didn't know when i could talk about it but it has officially released so now i can there is an amazing biographical documentary that just released on michael j fox called still oh yeah uh it's called it's called still a michael j fox movie it's an hour and a half long it's available on apple tv plus it is fantastic um, I may be a little biased because I have massive respect for Michael J. Fox. I'm a huge fan and I have been for a very long time. And I'm so excited that I actually finally get to meet him in less than a month. I'm so stoked about it. you have no idea. I'm excited for you. Um, and I might potentially work with him and share the stage with him, which is also amazing. Yes. Uh, but um, I'll at least get the opportunity to meet him. So I'm incredibly thrilled by that. It's, it's absolutely like a career highlight for me at getting to meet him at this show that I'm going to be working. That's uh, awesome. Anyway, anyway this, it's, it's a fantastic documentary. It's told from his perspective. He's the one sharing the stories about himself, his background, movie roles, the, the MS diagnosis that he's been living with since a very early age. Um, and just seeing this incredible documentary about this guy who has basically been fighting his entire life to still be here. Yeah. Is just, it's so inspiring. It's, it's so emotional and it's a fantastic documentary. Um, I don't think anybody from that company is listening, but if anybody from Apple TV is listening, um, thank you for sending me that screener of it. Uh, I wrote and requested it from them and they were happy to oblige and send me that screener. So I've been sitting on this recommendation for a couple of weeks, but now that it's officially out, I can, I can re recommend it. It's, it's called awesome. still, still a Michael J. Fox movie uh, available on Apple TV plus, And I highly, highly recommend it. I saw the preview for that and, or the trailer for that. And it looked fantastic. I got I choked up at the trailer. Yeah. I mean, it, it looks like it's it it looks like it's going to be fantastic. So it's good that it actually is fantastic. Yeah, it's most things that Apple does great. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not thrilled with a lot of their technology, but um their entertainment is is great. Um and by the way, still um, uh, the Michael J. Fox movie is at a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes right now. Michael J. Fox is kind of like a national treasure of ours. So he and you know what? I it made me, it's something I knew at a time not to get dark. It's something I already knew in my heart. And the movie made me realize it even more much like Robin Williams. I am going to be devastated when he is no longer part of this world. Because in addition to back to the future, which I, anybody who knows me personally knows that is my Holy trilogy. Um, so many other projects that he's been been a part of that I absolutely love and adore. And he's Michael Keaton. Yeah, yeah. No, not uh, Michael he, Keaton. Um, Alex Keaton. Alex Keaton. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, Alex Keaton. I don't know Michael what happened Ke there. Michael Keaton Michael was Batman. Batman. <laughs> Which let's get that straight right now. By the way, on that note, I am not a fan of the DC movies. Mm. Um, with the exception of the first Wonder Woman, the first Shazam, and the Suicide Squad. Not Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad. Well, and I'm the not... Christopher Nolan Batman movies. Well, I'm talking about the current DC oh, run. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, the current DC run. Um, those are yeah, those are completely separate. Um, so, you know, Batman v Superman, 
Man of Steel. Like, I am not crazy about those movies. Everything I have heard about The Flash, which releases next month, the advanced word is that it is almost easily one of the greatest superhero movies ever made. Okay, but here's the problem. They didn't recast The Flash. I get that, and I'm with you on that, because I am I was never crazy about Ezra Miller as The Flash. They say the movie is so good, they completely understand why they didn't, because his performance is outstanding. Okay, but okay, but so as long as you're a good actor, you it doesn't matter what what kind of a sickening, kidnapping, pedophile bullshit person you are. I get the point. I get it. I'm just saying what I've heard. And you can't, but you can't keep him and then say, Oh, I'm sorry, Johnny Depp. You may have uh you may have done something to your wife. So before a trial, we're going to oh. completely erase you from Fantastic Beasts and ditch you from being Jack Sparrow ever again and just ruin your reputation. I I can forgive removing him from Fantastic Beasts just because I'm not a fan of those movies. But him never playing Jack Sparrow again pisses me off. Well, I love Fantastic Beasts. And I actually I do. do think I that, I, but I actually do think that the replacement for him in the third movie was actually an upgrade. Mads but Mikkelsen? I, yeah, yeah. He was, he should have been, that, that should have been his role from the very beginning. But aside from that, I just, I hate hypocrisy more than I hate anything in my life. Yeah. And the fact that Ezra Miller is still able to make these huge movies that are giving him huge paychecks and huge recognition. And we're not discussing what's going on with him outside of his, his career as a public figure for children, for children. There's, there's, a, I have a problem with that. I get it. I, I totally get it. And the only reason I brought up the flash was because Michael Keaton returns as Batman. I know he returns and I'm so <laughs> conflicted because I do want to see that movie, but fuck, I hate Ezra Miller and, <laughs> and Ezra Miller is in the fantastic. The fantastic movie, and they didn't even remove him from that. Oh my gosh. I'm getting angry. Okay. Woosa, woosa, woosa. Oh man. Every time I see his face, I just want to punch it. Okay, I'm done. I'm sorry. He does have well, a. If I want to be appropriate, they do have a very punchable face. Yes, they do. And I'm not. I I don't want to say like that in a snarky way, as in like I'm against pronouns. I mean, I, I'm saying that in a snarky way because of him. Because of him, I, I have absolutely oh, no them. I have. Oh yeah, I just did it. I have just to make it clear. I have no issue with pronouns. I have many people that go by they, them in my life that I absolutely love. I just said it's snarky because of Ezra Miller. Because Ezra Miller is the worst. <laughs> Ezra Miller is up there for me with like Tom Cruise and you know, anybody who knows me knows how I feel about that. So anyways, listen, yay, yay for you with still, yay still, yes. boo Guardians, boo Ezra Miller. And I and think that's a wrap. And, and yay, Fast X. <laughs> Oh, oh, and I did start playing um, Hogwarts Legacy, and I'm obsessed with the game. In fact, I have never played a video game before, like other than Animal Crossing, which really, to me, like 
after playing Hogwarts Legacy and seeing like what games really are. Like that's just kind of like a fun little thing that you do on the side. Uh I've never played an actual video game before. This is my first time ever. And I am so obsessed like with the whole world and the expanding and the quests and learning how to do spells and learning how to do potions (laughs) and putting it all together. And like, I can see now for the first time in my 42 years of living (laughs) why people play video games. Right. (laughs) And I am obsessed. Obsessed with this I, game. Obsessed. I am, I am 43 years old. I, and I can tell you right now, there will never be a part of my life I will not be a gamer. I will be 80 years old. I will still put a controller in my hand and play games. Good. You'll be smart. You'll still be firing those synapses, you know? I will I will play games as long as my hands can hold a controller. I just never realized how amazing it could be when you're done with that it's going to take you a while because hogwarts legacy is a very big game well and i'm also playing it very slowly because there's four people in my family that all have new games adam's playing stray dave's playing zelda i'm playing uh hogwarts well all four of us are playing hogwarts it's a it's a race to the television on most days (laughs) When you when you're done with Hogwarts, now that you're getting into gaming, Star Wars Jedi Survivor is your next game. No, no, it is, it is, it is, yeah. it is. Oh, I'm telling. Mm-hmm. I I know you well enough to know <laughs> you will love that game. Stepping into the role of Cal Kestis in Star Wars Jedi Survivor is amazing. I'm into it. Let's yeah. do it. I'm excited. I, I've, I've found my <laughs> retirement plan. It involves being indoors. I indoors and, and gaming. I'll tell you what, if there's like some sort of a heat death of the universe or something like that, and like we all have to stay inside for the rest of our lives, I'm good. I'm good. I'm We're good. We're fine. Yep. Just tell I'll, me that there's Wi-Fi and we'll be I'll fine. throw on my thermal <laughs> radiation suit to go out and get groceries. It's fine. And come home and game. Yeah. For the rest of it. And we uh, have to figure out how to teleport to each other. Yeah. Or just move closer to each other. You could always come here. What's what I mean? I, it's we'll just, just me, so it's easier. It's yeah. easier for me to move than it is for you to uproot the whole family. Yeah, so I like I, that we're we're contemplating. I'll I'll, our I'll apocalypse live, game I'll, plans. I'll live in the camper. We'll just create some kind of tunnel system to get yeah. me from the front door to that to the front door of your house, like an ET tunnel. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Perfect. No, not yeah, not underground, just like a expandable tunnel so that I right. can just walk. No, like ET, me. like they did an ET when it was like all the tunnels and yeah. stuff at the yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yep. Just connect it from the front door of the camper to the side door of the house and um Yeah. Um, uh, we have a straight shot too. Side door man, of the kitchen this, to the camper. Man, this went off the rails. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> if you're still listening, it just means that you love us. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, next episode, which will be, uh, next what week Kate is, does. is what Kate does, which is not what flash, Kate did, what Kate, what does. Kate does, which is a flash sideways Kate episode. This is the episode. This is the Kate episode that I love. I know what's coming up and I love this episode so much. I don't remember what this episode is. And then I won't tell you. Okay, good. You can just go right into it. I know exactly what's coming and I'm excited. I know it's, I know we're, I know Claire is back mm-hmm. this episode. That's all I remember about the episode. Gosh, 
I love lost. Okay, let's sign off. Yeah, let's do that. Uh, thank you, as always, for being a part of this uh, this podcast family. Thank you for listening, for watching, however it is you take this in. Uh, thank you for leaving feedback. Again, Revisited Pod is the website. Go and check it out. But until next time, we'll see you guys further on down the rabbit hole. Take care. Bye. Namaste. We have to go back, Kate. We have to go back!